Hello and welcome to season four, episode seven of the Black Women Working Podcast. My name is Tolu. Ladies, please introduce yourselves from the Black Women Working team. <laughs> Tolu, why do you sound like a newsreader? It's me, hey, Hi, everybody. It's me, Nat. No respect. And um, <laughs> lovely guests, will you please introduce yourself as well? <laughs> sure, my name is Tolu Frimpong and I'm a money coach. Yes, we have two Tolus in the house today. Tolu squared. <laughs> so what that mean? What does that mean? That obviously means that Tolus are the best people in the world. Period. Can you stick to the subject? I have to, really I have to that. Reach you, but I don't really want to be rude, so I'm just gonna hold my peace. I'm just gonna hold my space. Uh, and on that jolly note, we want to say. Thank you, everybody, as usual, for supporting us. Um, we're on social media in the usual spaces, Twitter, Instagram, at BWWPodcastUK. Our hashtag is the same as well. Um, you can email us at blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you can also find us on our website, blackwomenworking.com. So the topic of today's episode is saving tips. And we've invited Tolu Frimpong here today to discuss that with us because she's a personal finance coach, as she said, a money coach as well, a money blogger and YouTuber who managed to pay off £36,000 of debt in two years. Talk to me. Listen, because that is something for student loan. And pen. Listen, (laughs) my student loan was not even up to half of that. I'm still paying it off. Say something at me. At me, it's all right. Student loan, you're old today. like me. I finish paying. You'll oh, soon come. Don't who's, worry. who's old? Who's old here? <laughs> you're Older. Older. like me. Older. Claim that for yourself. I'm the baby so. today on the podcast. Oh, please, Rachel's not, not here. Me, I beg. She's well. So I'm just gonna sit in my youth. <laughs> oh, every day begging. Anyway, anyway, we're gonna go into that. But before we do that, I'm gonna mentioned the scenario for today's episode um Tolly, just for your context um the scenarios are just a way of us framing the conversation um but also helping our listeners to kind of relate to what we're discussing in real life um terms in real life way so the scenario for today is <clears throat> i want to make the most of my salary but i need help with saving and making the right dis- right choices sorry with my money so when it comes to speaking about saving i think a lot of the advice and content banded about can often be quite generic and the same kind of practical advice which there's nothing wrong with to be honest with you but um i feel like personal case studies such as your own tolu um are probably a bit more effective in educating and inspiring people to save which is why we're going to discuss it a little bit sorry discuss it a little bit and talk about how you got into it and how you got out of it and any kind of issues and troubles that you had along the way and just some other stuff about saving as well um but before we go into that please feel free to give a little brief pimped up introduction of what Mm -hmm. you do because i know money coach yeah that's what you do but there's a lot more that goes into that Mm -hmm. sure Okay, so like obviously I said, my name's Tolly Frimpong and I'm a money coach. And what I mean by a money coach is I work with people on a one-on-one basis, basically looking at their financial situations, where they currently are, where they want to get to and help them 
kind of map out a plan as to the steps in which they should take to reach that financial goal. So anything from paying off debt to saving, to saving towards a house, people have different financial goals in which they're trying to achieve. And my idea is to base, or my work, should I say, is to kind of come alongside them, look at where they are and help them to get to that destination. Because I think a lot of the times people have these goals that they want to achieve, but they don't really know how to get started and what to do about it or make sense of it. And my job is just to give them that confidence and reassurance to let them know that you can get there in the same way I was able to do it if you follow these steps you can do it too so that's kind of what I do on a one-to-one basis with my coaching clients and then in addition to that I obviously have the YouTube channel in which I just share loads of content all around personal finance budgeting frugal living hacks ways to save money pay off debt etc that's the kind of content in which I cover on my YouTube channel and on my blog as well and that's pretty much yeah what I do in a nutshell yeah it's just it's just everything that you do <laughs> yeah but I love what people say like yeah I just went to Tesco's I went to the bank and that's yeah. everything I do like it's easy but okay yeah. no, that's Thank amazing you. that's I'll amazing and um, definitely your platforms are a key reason why I reached out to you because like I looked at all the stuff that you're doing and I was like wow this is good and I love the way that you provide present stuff as well just in a very digestible way and it's non-judgmental and it's inspiring people as opposed to kind of leaning towards well why haven't you yeah. done this yet with what mm, you're earning yeah, do you know definitely. what I mean so I'm glad right. you said that I appreciate mm. that you noticed that yeah, <laughs> definitely <laughs> that's the worst thing nobody wants to feel like they're silly or they made like they're mm. dumb for making certain financial choices like yes there's a difference between educating and trying to inspire people without try- trying to make them feel like crap about themselves so 100% yeah. 100% Thank you. But I think because of my journey and because I've been there it's mm-hmm. easier for me to empathize with people and I, I give I present the content in a way I would have liked to have received it when I was on my journey, if that makes sense. And that is a marvellous segue into us discussing how you got into the £36,000 of debt and how you cleared that in two years. So please, please be as transparent as you can be with regards to how you got into that, how you got out of that, because that's the kind of, I don't know, how should, I don't know what to call it, but I feel like if somebody knows that that is something that they could do, then that's a seriously motivating thing. And um, yeah. Sure. Okay. So gosh, I don't even know where to begin with my debt story. It's quite a long one, but I don't know. Okay. So I'll start with how we ended up with this big amount of debt. Cause I've been in debt before and I've been able to pay it off, but it was a much smaller amount than that. Yeah. And it was back in 2016, we had saved up money to buy our first hat home. So we'd save up so much money to buy a depo- um, to pay for the deposit, stamp duty, surveyor fees, etc., etc. So we had all the money saved and we were ready to go. But between us um, accepting um, our offer being accepted to us getting the key was about a year because there was loads of problems with the people that were like. selling the property. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of drama <laughs> before we finally got the keys. But between that time, they did a lot of damage to the property. So it just was a mess. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the time thinking, can't we get a discount? But because at that time... We, there was only so much money that we had to buy a property. And if we didn't go for that, we would have had to keep saving for another couple of years to be able to afford something similar in London. So we were like, no, let's just go for it and we can just fix it up. So that's kind of where it all began because what we did is, we had a plan actually, we had a plan. So we're like, we're going to take Who out can a loan ask, from the who's bank. Who's we? Who is we? Oh, me and my husband, sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, give you some context. I'm just like, yeah, we, we. So me <laughs> and my like... husband, yeah, we. <laughs> yeah no so so as i was saying so yeah we um were like okay do you know what we can do this we can still make it work we're gonna still go ahead with this property and we're gonna take out a loan from the bank in order to pay to do all the work to the property and then 
because there was going to be an extra bedroom, in fact, the extra two bedrooms, we were like, okay, we can rent out those two bedrooms, get lodgers in, and then mm. they will pay off the loan for us. So on paper, our plan made sense. And that's why we didn't really hesitate to take out that initial loan. And I think what basically ended up happening is that it got to a stage where we were comfortable with debt. So we had, mm. before all of this happened, not ever really had debt so we'd always kind of saved our money and spent our money on things but once we had taken out those first two loans we kind of got used to having debt and because we weren't able to get those two lodgers to pay for the um, loan repayments for us we were kind of maxed out at that time it was like okay we don't have enough money to pay for this what are we going to do mm. so we started using credit cards we started using our overdraft and yeah, then Jesus. it just kept on spiraling so every month we ended up deeper in debt Chest. Yeah, no, it was bad. It was bad because mm. because we had a plan. So on paper, the plan made sense. It was like yeah. the lodgers were going to pay for that loan. So we would have still been fine to pay our mortgage and all our other household bills. But because we didn't get that extra £500 that we were expecting from the lodgers, mm. that £500 at the time made a big difference. Plus yeah. the fact that I was just about to go on maternity leave mm-hmm. and my maternity leave at the time was peanuts. So now mm. it's all my husband's income to pay for the mortgage, to pay for the loans, oh, to pay God. for the credit card, to pay for the... It, it was a mess. Yeah, it was and literally obviously a mess. we all know the thing about credit cards is the more you're spending, mm-hmm. the, the little more limit they give you. it makes. So paying exactly. a little 100, 200 pound a month. It wasn't doing nothing. It, the interest is, ba- you basically are only paying the interest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, At mm-hmm. a scratch, yeah, we were literally scratching the surface of it. So it just, it was just spiraling, spiraling out of control to the point that it, there were months where we weren't paying our mortgage on time. And we were like, oh my gosh, we're about to lose this house. Oh this thing that we've worked so hard to save up for and build for our future. We're now about to lose everything. So yeah, it was a really horrible time to be honest at that time. And mm. we were like, what are we going to do? And it was funny because around that time, my husband came across Dave Ramsey's book, The Total Money Makeover. So I don't know if anyone's heard of that book, but I definitely recommend it to anybody that's struggling with their finances or wants to pay off debt or anything like that, because that was the book that literally changed the game for us. And that's why I really love to tell people about reading books, because books, there's so much you can learn from them. And I can honestly say that that book was the book that really changed the game for us in terms of our finances because it gave us another perspective and it gave us hope and that's what we were lacking at that time we're like we are in a hopeless situation Mm -hmm. so rather than trying to face that situation head on we kind of just dug a deeper hole for ourselves and Mm -hmm. that's what we were doing because we like it seemed too big or too it was too big a mountain to overcome or climb so we're like instead of trying to find a way to get over it we just retreated and it just got worse and worse and spiraled out of control but when we found out about that book the total money makeover i remember he read it so quickly and he was like no baby you need to read this book so when i read it i was like oh my gosh like this is what we need we need a total money makeover Mm. and that was literally the turning point for us when we started now facing and dealing with our situation head on so what were kind of some of the very very practical steps that you had to take to clearing that debt then yeah so it was first of all it was a mindset shift so that was the first step for us it was literally changing our mind so it was realizing that okay we do have the power to change this situation it's not it's not a um unachievable goal so when with um dave ramsey and the whole debt-free community there's so many examples for you to look at of people that have had double the debt we had even triple the debt we've had and been able to pay it off and seeing that gave us hope because it's like okay wait if we've got and at the time we didn't even know how much debt we had we thought we like if you had asked me to guess i would have said about 24 mm-hmm. that's how much i thought it was maybe 23 24 at push is what what we thought it was until we sat down and actually documented it and we're like oh flip we're in a lot of trouble here mm. but yeah it just goes to show we didn't realize how bad it was because we were paying so many different people we never actually sat down and worked out exactly how much we owe and to who 
but it was like seeing those examples of other people doing it it was like okay if they've done it and they owe double what we owe then surely we can do it too mm-hmm. and practically what we had to do is just change our lives so our lifestyle literally had to change so when I talk 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 about my debt-free journey I can't talk about it without talking about sacrifice and that is what it literally took it took a lot of sacrificing so even when we finally sat down and did a budget like I didn't even know really about budgets until we started this whole journey Mm. and that was the game changer for us it was sitting down and I can't believe at that point we'd been married for what six years and we had never done a budget together before like we we just kind of knew how much our expenses were and we paid our bills and that was kind of it Mm. and we'll save a little bit here and there but we never actually pound for pound we're like okay this is what we're spending on this month or this is the financial goal that we're working towards we never really had anything like that but it was when we was on this debt-free journey that we were like okay we need to get a budget we need to work out exactly how much our costs are on a monthly basis and when we actually did the math so when we did that first initial budget we realized that actually our problem wasn't even as much our income like we thought that we couldn't afford to pay our bills and stuff but Mm. we could actually afford to pay them if we made cutbacks in other areas and that's what we had to do. So it was like things like every Sunday at church, we used to go out after church with our friends. So things like that, that just got mm-hmm. cut straight away because mm-hmm. it's like every Sunday we're spending 80 pounds on lunch. Who, who do you think we are, please? We've got all this <laughs> we've got all this debt hanging over our heads, but we're out every Sunday. Yeah, carrying the kids with us as well oh, to nice. restaurants to eat. And it was just like, we just had to make changes, like serious lifestyle changes, even like, go on sorry i was just gonna ask like even with that small example like things that seem quite habitual Mm -hmm. and i guess like for the work for some of us um who indulge in after work drinks for example or the Mm -hmm. rituals, how easy or difficult was it to obviously you're not going to go around explaining your business to people i'm not coming out because (laughs) if you're you're known to be oh yeah friday night guaranteed or sunday after church guaranteed this will be you know the crew how um easy was it to kind of not easy at all mm. yeah i mean <laughs> what did, I, and not what did you say to people i guess what did you say to people because you have to without sharing your business do you know what i mean Justify like people have to understand what, yeah. what you're sacrificing to summon or was it just we're not coming out guys Peace yeah out. deal with it <laughs> it was it was pretty much like that it wasn't like we're not just coming for the sake of it. it's like oh no we can't afford to come this month we don't have the money to come like that's mm-hmm. how we would say it but we never ever expressed to anybody the debt for our debt oh, okay. or anything like that yeah. but it was just the case oh no so i haven't got money to come i'm not coming today after yeah. the first couple of times it's like people side-eyeing us like what's going on with you guys <laughs> why are you not coming it was like oh no no we're not coming today and to be honest it was always me that was the one that wanted to go like my husband's never really been out there like that anyway so <laughs> before so it was easy for him to just be like yeah no we're not going and then yeah. i'll just blame him i'll be like oh no he doesn't want to come he doesn't want to come and then eventually the invites just kind of died down and we just yeah we just kind of got our heads down and just focused on our goal so all those relationships now have been restored and stuff because of what i do so people are like okay now it makes sense kind of thing we've we've now had those conversations years later but Mm -hmm. at the time people didn't know what was going on like and that's the thing with debt as well it's the Mm -hmm. shame of it so nobody knew any of it it was just we suffered in silence from the outside looking in Mm -hmm. no one would have known what we were going through at home at all no way like literally even when we were in the peak of our debt we went on holiday (laughs) we still traveled (laughs) and it's like where are you going listen i've been on holiday when i was unemployed so boy i get it (laughs) yeah no i had to go it's for my my brother's engagement so of course i I had to be there of course of course you did of course you did I mean crazy what to carry myself my husband and my two children on holiday on credit with no money like it just was a it was mad when I look back on it but at the time I just thought I had to be there but now 
I wouldn't do something like that because now it's just like, sorry, bro. Yeah, unless you're paying for me, it's Abby, not happening. Abby, I think that's the key point in it. It's just like, you know, some people, you they'll hear this story and they will learn from it vicariously. Other people will hear it and be like, I'm still going to do what I'm going to do <laughs> and still yeah, end up in life, the situation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, but I love the, the fact that you highlighted like sacrifices at the core of it. Like the specific scenario we're talking about now is some debt that you were in, but there might be someone listening to this who is not in debt, but wants to save because they have goals that they're, you know, saving towards. But fundamentally, whether you're in debt or you're not sacrifice is the bottom line with, 100%. with all of this so yeah thanks for you know kind of sharing that personal journey with regards to debt but now i'm going to bring the conversation back around kind of more to just like generic saving and how also you work with people in a situation who um want to be saving so i think the first kind of question that i wanted to ask was you know when you're dealing with your clients that are struggling with saving like what for them tends to be the number one obstacle which prevents them from actively and consistently doing so and how do you kind of encourage them to maintain consistency to reach their goals i think there's a number of things to be honest i think money scripts is a big thing so their mindsets around money is something that holds them back a lot so a lot of them shop impulsely and um, emotionally Mm, as well mm. so especially during this last year, it's been crazy because obviously everyone's on lockdown, they're at home. It's depressing. Lockdown isn't like the most Mm -hmm. ideal time for most people. So it's like, okay, let me go online and buy something because it makes me feel better. Exactly. And that's what it is. So for a lot of them, it's just those quick instant wins or those instant buzzes that they get. And then obviously the ripple effect is then you feel bad for not um, saving or not putting that money towards better use. So that happens a lot. Impulse spending definitely and just not believing that they could actually achieve their goal of paying off their debt. So a lot of them don't think that they mm. can do it. So it's like, when it just feels like such a big mountain to climb, especially if you're doing it by yourself. So for me, for example, I was doing it with my husband, so it didn't seem as bad because it's like, we're doing this together. But when you're kind of doing that road alone, it can seem like, oh, am I ever going to get there? Which is why they end up then getting a coach. So it's like, okay, I can kind of give them that pep talk every month, but then it's still not the same as having somebody every day or every other day kind of mm-hmm. spurring you on. So it's only so much motivation that I can give them, if that makes sense. I think that's a big struggle, definitely, for a lot of them. And I think as well, not being, how do I say it? Like not being conscious of their daily spending. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like, when you think about your, when you have clear financial goals and you have something in which you're working towards, it's a lot easier to not focus on those low hanging fruits. So it's like, okay, no, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to save up 10 grand because I want to put down a deposit for a house. I don't know where that house is going to be for 10 grand, but please, you're triggering. That was very, <laughs> no, don't, we don't want to break people's hearts. Please, please. No. It can be done yeah. in different parts of the country. <laughs> yeah, maybe somewhere far up north, but exactly. But when you have that goal in mind, then it's easier for you to save money because like, okay, no, this is the specific goal which I'm working towards. But just yeah. telling somebody to save just for the sake of saving, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem as appealing because like, okay, what am I saving for? But I think not just saving, but then learning how to invest. I think that then gives you more motivation to save because you're not thinking, okay, that money's just in my bank getting not point not whatever percent mm-hmm. interest. What's the point? Whereas it's like, okay, if I put this money in some kind of investment account and it has the opportunity to grow and make more money, then it's a more compelling proposition. So mm. I think, yeah, there's a number of factors, to be honest, that okay, that's good. impact people's spending behaviour. 
Um, guys, I want to throw it out to you in terms of like your experiences with, I don't know, struggling with saving. If you have like, what have been the things that have kind of tripped you up along the way and how have you regained focus? Um, I used to be really, really good at saving. Like really good. I'd, I'd say before motherhood. <laughs> <laughs> Them kids. <laughs> Don't um, blame the kids. No, Don't but I remember, I remember learning about debt. It was like March or Christmas or something. And my dad was like, yeah, because I'm still paying for that holiday. And I was like, what? Like you went on holiday in July. <laughs> and I, I didn't. I didn't know and he was like, I paid for it on a credit card and that's the first time I learned about a credit card and I was wow. absolutely disgusted. I think I was like 13 <laughs> and I was like, you went on holiday in July and you're complaining about paying for it how many months later? And from that, like, as soon as I started working, I was like an old lady, you know, I used to have different envelopes and Amazing. I would put birthday money, hair money, you holiday money. A, like, I would just... I would just portion off my money in these envelopes. And so like, even if I didn't get my hair done that month, the next month I'd be double up or whatever. Mm, mm. Um, and then I got pregnant as a surprise. And <laughs> surprise, <laughs> <laughs> which meant that we hadn't uh. quite financially forecast for it. I was financially stable, but I hadn't forecast for it. And so I think my financial journey took a turn after an unexpected maternity leave too in mm. fact mm. um <laughs> so saving feels a bit more difficult because what happened in terms of life changing it meant that you know we needed a bigger house there were things that we needed for baby not much though i don't want people to feel like having a child is so expensive because like tolu i had bought a house and then gotten um got pregnant at the same time, not knowing and had a maternity leave with a new mortgage and I live in my house. So it's possible, it's not the children, but I just think, I don't know. I don't know where it's going wrong, to be honest. I'm not saving as much as I'd like to right now. Mm -hmm. I just overspend, that's all. <laughs> I just rinse out my credit card. Mm. I'm not even gonna lie. I think when I look back at it, I was going on a ski trip when I was 21. I went into NatWest and I was like, oh, they offered me a credit card with a £500 limit. I didn't need that credit card. I've never needed a credit card. There's nothing I've bought on my credit card that I can say, wow, that changed lives. The whole thing is unnecessary. To this day, I don't need it. But I feel like I'm trapped. Like mentally, I just think if I know I'm buying something that I shouldn't be buying, that's not crucial. Like for my survival, I always buy it on there. But I think the biggest issue for me was that I bought a flat by myself and um, the flat was in the middle of going through a process where the lease was really short. What mm. was left on the lease was short. It needed to be renewed and I needed to find £10,000 out of nowhere. Mm. And NatWest wouldn't give me, sorry, my bank, I'm not saying you should go with them because I think they're Babylon, but <laughs> my bank would not give me a loan. So I had to literally live off of my credit card and live oh. off of credit buying a new place. So not only had I just about budgeted exactly what I needed mm. to to buy the flat, I had not budgeted. For, I did, did not think about the fact that I need furniture. I did mm. not think about mm. the fact that I needed to pay bills or council tax or anything. And then on top of that, I have a £10,000 liability that I have to pay for within six weeks of moving in. So I had to do things like get a massive overdraft, live off of my credit cards. Um, and sometimes what people don't realize is that one, 
financial incident where you get it wrong can have a knock-on effect for you because I think at that moment I got really really comfortable on living off of my credit card because I had no choice and so then it just became the modus operandi operandi however you say it for me that I just always you know take out the mastercard take out the mastercard but so do you know it, what the other thing is Nat as well and I don't know if the other I don't know if Tolly can attest to this is like how do you stay inspired when you have a saving goal for example mm-hmm. like buying a house because that's what we've been speaking about mm-hmm. and it's like it takes so long to get to that goal and I think one of the shortfalls that many people and you've just said it I myself and I've got a friend mm-hmm. who's just bought a house fall, fall through is right I've got the deposit I've got everything bye and it's then not, you're in this house and then you you don't forecast beyond that mm, mm, mm. you know I think it's happened to so many of us like you're so not many. able to decorate or you're not able to see through or you don't or you get a new car and you don't anticipate that the wing mirror is 500 pounds when somebody chips it right. like car tax you, all of that the, the save the saving beyond the goal is also I think a tripwire mm, big time yeah I think that's the problem as well we don't have like a, a contingency plan so when I was given my example of obviously us having the money for everything else but the refurbishment I think when we say having these savings goal if it's like okay I need 40k for this house deposit then what's keep saving like there's no rush I think mm, we like to mm-hmm. rush the process too much so like when I look back on our experience, there was no need for us to buy the house when we bought it. Really and truly, we could have saved up for another year and then bought a property a year later. I mean, we've been in this house for five years now, so we would have Mm -hmm. been in here for four years. So do you know what I mean? Time is going to go past regardless, but Mm -hmm. why not just take a little bit more time so that you can give yourself some kind of a buffer or safety net or have some kind of contingency plan in place should the worst happen? Because things do happen, things do go wrong. Yes, you have a plan A, but what about plan B, C if A fails? And I think, yeah, that's a big thing. But I think it's because a lot of the times we want things now because it's it's how we're used to life, isn't it? We're just used to having things now. Exactly. And then obviously there's certain pressure that comes on you when you get to certain life stages Mm -hmm, as well, depending mm -hmm. on the circle of friends that you have around you or whatever. It's like, you know, you're seeing, okay, your your close friend is now buying a house. It's like, okay, you know, I'm of age. I should be buying a house too. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I think just kind of focusing on your situation, your circumstance and kind of... Um, what's the word safeguarding yourself as much as you can so getting some kind of contingency in place I think is mm. a big help and that kind of segues into the next thing I'm going to speak about and I'm going to refer to like personal experience because I actually grew sure. up in a household where it was just like <laughs> if I got two pounds for my grandma my parents did not expect me to spend a penny of that it was like save it two pounds you know 20p save it <laughs> like literally that's the kind of values that were installed oh, you nice in me. parents mine would just take that money <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, listen. I'm going was, to keep it for you. That's I'm going it. To save it for you. Listen, there were times when they did that as well. I saw notes pass hands, and I, I never touched it again. I'll give it to me, and I never saw them again. And I, I didn't even have the audacity or the the courage mm. to ask where that money was because <laughs> I know it's not mine anymore. But um, yeah, my parents very much instilled like the principles of saving within me. And you know what? I never used to get like much money when I was younger. I didn't really get pocket money like that. So I really learned to like hold on to little money. But obviously, you know, when um, uni hit, and I say obviously, but I know I wasn't as flagrant as a lot of the people I knew. Like I didn't get any credit cards because I knew better than that. My dad had always said, don't get any credit card. Don't get any credit card. Mm. I could just literally hear that like an anthem in my head. And I knew better than to spend above or beyond my means but I did get the bank accounts with the overdrafts 
So by the time I came out of uni, I had two overdrafts that I needed to clear because, you know, it was debt free. Sorry, it was interest free for a limited period of time. And I was like, boy, girl, this is a couple of grand's worth it. How are mm -hmm. you going to do this? Because you didn't graduate into like a permanent job. You in temporary. But I was like, nah, I'm not having this hang over my head. So I literally committed to. And it was literally as small as this because I used to get paid weekly. It was five pounds a week. I cannot even tell you how many years it took me to pay off the both of them. But when wow. I did, when I did that last five pounds and it cleared, I said, wow, oh my God, I made it. I did <laughs> it. Literally. But it was as small as that because I probably could have saved more than that. But that was literally just where my mindset was at. Like you said, mindset is a really important thing. I was just like, yeah, I don't want to add any more to that. Five pounds is all I want to do, kind of. But it was literally kind of just having that discipline and that structure and knowing exactly where I wanted to go to. But the thing is, I had an advantage. I had a privilege because, like you just said, that's the principles and the values that I grew up with. Other people didn't grow up like that, didn't have anybody to kind of direct them when it came to budgeting, spending and saving. And I think that's really important to touch on in terms of like how the people above us, uh, the people that brought us into life and around us can really influence mm -hmm. the way we handle and deal with money. And how do we kind of emerge from maybe particular atmospheres where all around us we see like mis misappropriation of not misappropriation but just bad spending and bad yeah. habits how do you kind of reconfigure your mindset into something more healthy say someone's listening to this and their situation like this now what are some very practical kind of directions or what can they read where can they go to to kind of figure out how to realign their their spending habits and their saving yeah, I think the first thing to do or one of the important things to do is really, like I was saying before, about getting financial goals in place and kind of have a goal and a plan in which you're working towards and work that plan. I think also what we consume has a big impact on us and our spending mm -hmm. behaviours. So I did a post literally on my Instagram the other day saying it's there's nothing wrong with unfollowing and blocking or muting accounts that make you feel bad about yourself That's or make it. you spend money unnecessarily or make you yeah feel tempted to spend money that you have no business spending. Same thing goes for newsletters that you're subscribe to or apps that you have on your phone like you know what yeah, your triggers are apps, you know man. yeah That's you know what your triggers are you know what your vice is amazon prime like you know that you're gonna buy stuff <laughs> oh, on that thing all the time amazon prime is doing the devil's work Bruh, I exactly. it last month. <laughs> it is that. it's too oh. easy that one click pay that one click to pay oh. do you know how many things i've even bought by mistake it's like oh i didn't mean to buy that uh -uh. yeah and that's they make it so easy for you to spend your money so if you know this and you know that you're that kind of person that you're going to just pull trigger to spend without maybe considering the cost just unsubscribe and um, what do you call it delete those apps mm cancel that subscription mm -hmm. and and you need to um, reprogram your mind as well so it's like what you're feeding yourself so if you're going to now take off um you're going to unfollow those accounts you're going to unsubscribe from those mailing lists you're going to stop spending so much hours on social media or so mm -hmm. much time do you know what I mean consuming this content that makes you want to buy it okay what are you going to do with that time instead mm -hmm. so now you want to replace it with things that are going to help you create a a different mindset so book, there's books there's so many books that you can read like on my financial journey I've read so many personal finance books and I'm still reading them till this day because it's an ongoing thing like I'm by nature I don't even know it's by nature or by nurture but 
because I know myself, I know mm. shopping is something that's, it feels like it's in my DNA <laughs> to spend. Like, Wait, it's, in, Wait, it's, it's in my, my that's it's also mine. like, it's in my genetic makeup for me to spend. So if I know this about myself, I can't think that, oh, you know, I'm debt free now. That's it. I've arrived. No, mm. it's a continual learning exercise. I have to continually, like renew my mind. It's like and an it's addiction. Like, <laughs> seriously, seriously. So, Shopaholics Anonymous. No, no, you love that. It's a true thing. <laughs> No, but we're like, I do feel like we're programmed to consume though, like on a very oh, 100%, 100%. Level. So it's hard yeah, to work yeah. against that daily programming, especially now exactly. you go on Instagram and every time someone clicks <laughs> something, it's a link to pay for it. Oh, Lord. Yeah. You know, just let me live. I just like the top. I don't want to buy it. I don't need to see a link that is twelve ninety nine. Exactly. Come on, clear mm. off, man. Exactly. And then if you don't buy it the first time you see it, that link's going to come back and it's going to be discounted <sighs> just for you. Yeah. So then you have to buy it. And yeah, exactly. So it's like what we keep consuming is going to make us want to keep spending. So reading books, there's podcasts that you can listen to. There's um, Instagram pages, YouTube channels. Yes, so many. Oh my gosh. So, Recommend <laughs> um, your own like resources, by the way, because I've seen them on oh, is it Etsy. Or you've got so Etsy, many different yes. templates that <laughs> I went through and I say, wow, wow. Yeah, to be fair, I do actually. I have an Etsy store. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I have an Etsy store and a blog as well where I have loads of like budget planners, trackers. I'm actually in the process of doing my first ebook, which will be coming out next month, where oh, I just share my, the brilliant. 10 steps to debt freedom. Congratulations. So Oh, thank you. It's not out yet, but yeah, thank you. You can congr- <laughs> congratulate me in advance. In advance. We're prophesying. In advance, because it's coming. Yes, Lana, it's yeah. definitely coming. I'm literally finalising it. So that's going to be coming out next month. So that literally talks about the 10 steps that I basically took to mm. pay off my debt. So I love that. It's kind of follow- following the steps that I took and the things that help practically the steps that we took. Mm. And yeah, so that's coming out next month. But in addition to that, I have my budget planner and expenses tracker. Mm-hmm. And I so far the feedback's been amazing you know i've had this thing for a few years this is what we've been using on our whole debt-free journey mm-hmm. and to put it out there and get the reception that it's got is so crazy to me because i'm like okay this is just something i made on excel that i used to manage my household finances and now to see other people using it to help them with their finances and i'm getting dms like, oh my gosh totally like i didn't realize i was spending this much on food or i didn't realize that my money was going i was spending this much on subscriptions and it's just crazy to think that it's been able to help people in that way but well, yeah definitely. there's tools yeah there's definitely tools out there that can help you kind of get a budget in place and stuff like that and just get your finances in order i think when you get a plan for your money it feels less overwhelming getting in control of your finances and get, and making a plan in advance because I think what a lot of us do and I know I was definitely guilty of that for many many years is we kind of spend the money and then we go back and look it's like okay this is how much I spent last month on this and this and this yeah. but it's like no let's be proactive and get in front of that money and make a plan for that mm-hmm. money before the month begins not that we spent it and now we're thinking oh my gosh I spent last 500 pounds last month on Uber Eats right. but in in advance I'm going to say next me. month my budget Bro. is 100 <laughs> Don't even look at no. mine. No, but I budget for it. I budget for it. Exactly. Yeah, and that's fine. Budget for it. So you plan in advance. You're like, okay, 150. Yeah. That's the, that's the budget for Uber this month. And then when it's done, it's done, kind of thing. This oh my is gosh. it, and I think like I rather attacked. than my little paper envelopes, now we're talking about Monzo and setting up your yes. pockets there. But you know, in terms of you know why are we talking about this? It's because what's the point in being a black woman working if you end up with no money bruh and it's so mm. easy to get into like you said like you said the retrospect um of looking at these apps and you know the banks are all doing them now where they give you mm. your data on how much money you spent on coffee that, because no, they can generate you know the, the link between starbucks and this oh, one Lord, and that Jesus. one not to name any don't remember asking the bank for help by the way. <laughs> but <laughs> 
you know, I think if we are sort of saying, well, rather than looking back and saying, rah, a whole hundred pound on coffee this month, mm. and rather allocating and saying, well, mm-hmm. no, actually, this is going to be a Friday treat and a midweek yes. need to a week, and that's half of the sum. Um, it's a starting point, right? And it's just thinking 100%. about... Because because our workplaces do do sneaky things to us in mm-hmm. terms of eating out, which we're going to Subsidies, about, all of that. You know, oh, the handbag, depending on where you work, depending on the culture in which you work in as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I would say, you know, for creatives, as much as City Slickers, have you got the latest, oh. the what we're treading in in mm-hmm. the office, the, mm-hmm. ba- the handbag, the latest jacket, the latest trainers? Um... And so our work can also, I'm just trying to like... It's your environment, basically. Your environment yeah, they mm-hmm. We can you. trip um, by our, our accidental spending throughout mm-hmm. our working day. Um, but I think it's been a lesson for a lot of us when you can kind of compare basically how much people have spent, even outside of travel, um, or sorry, how much people have saved because of lockdown. So me, I feel rich because not only me. am I not paying £200 a month for travel cards. Come on. I'm just like eating at home. There's rice at home, there's salad at home. Mm -hmm. And then it makes me think that not only would I every day like get a coffee because I'd just be like, my my work day is going to be so trash. I beg you, let me have this little treat. I would mm-hmm. then go and get something from Itsu and all these Itsus and pretzels oh, and Lord. such and such. Every year their price is going up 10 Literally. times higher than inflation. And the food, food is reducing in quantity. Exactly. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, some dega dega sushi, sushi can cost you £10. <laughs> then at lunchtime, because your lunch wasn't good enough, you're then hungry. So you're back yeah. in the same shop you're back in buying pre- snacks. snacks, you know, and buying fruit which one you know a few little bit of pineapple is now three pounds like and this is all money and then it just showed me that I'm actually moving mad because now my bank account is plush I'm not on the edge thinking payday soon come shout Mm. me payday Mm -hmm. and then it begins makes me think well how much money was I voluntarily wasting and then if you think on top of that what Shan was saying about the lunches and the drinks Mm -hmm. and then the collections yeah, and oh lords, I've noticed. So yeah, it's a lot. Like it's it's a lot to think. It's a lot to think about. Like so. literally, there's just so many orifices just from which money leaks from us, and mm. it does take a certain kind of determination and focus to actually sit down one day and pay attention to that and not shy away from it. Because I think a lot of us are just avoidant, and the more avoidant yes. we become, the the greater our issues become when it's um, money. Yeah, monetary our monetary issues just kind of spiral out of control but how are you gonna um save for the things that you want and not be in debt if you don't face those things and i think um that's why the language as i mentioned at the beginning of this podcast like the language of shame and etc around saving doesn't help um because it doesn't encourage people to face where they're at but rather it's about you know encouraging people and inspiring and saying okay you know if you put around like five pounds a week this is where you could be by the end of the year like Mm. i like a lot of platforms that i see online doing that thing and it's stuff that i've Mm. actually taken on board Mm. myself last year i did um the if i don't know how it's i think it's ifttt um and it was in conjunction with monzo and basically if you link the two up you saved like one penny on january the first two penny on january the second etc etc yeah 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 exactly and so by the end of the year i think it you was like 600 no, please no, that's if you do a pound a day or something that's it sorry <laughs> sis, ain't, sis ain't got the fees for pound a day but yeah with the penny 
and and that was something where I could think of at the end of the year. Oh, where do I want to put this? Or oh, do I want to do, do I want to invest it? Do I want to put in savings? Do I want to put it into you know an ISA, etc., etc. And because of that, I was inspired to do another kind of challenge this year, which is I think is ten pounds a week. So it's not going to save as much, but it's still something because I was a bit bored of the other one. Do you know what I mean? It's not, is it? Okay. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I I like trying these little things out. And if I get bored of them, I'll try another little one. And it just, it's just nice to see it just like mounting and mounting. But one thing that I definitely wanted to ask was, do you think, Tolly, there's ever a situation in which a person should deprioritize saving? Hmm. As in, not okay. Yeah, I think when you have debt, I don't think there's a point really saving yeah, if you're in a lot of debt because the money that you're getting, especially with the way interest rates are at the moment, you're getting peanuts on your saving, but the interest on your debt is going up. So it doesn't make actual mathematical sense to be saving money. Like, and, and that's the mistake that a lot of us have. It's a it makes you feel better because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I have £20,000 worth of debt, but I have £1,000 in my savings account. So in your head, Ooh. you think, okay, I have savings, so I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But no, you don't have savings. You have okay one you have nineteen thousand pound worth of debt instead of 20 so i mean so i think no Violencia. why are you dragging me i'm really hurt you know i don't think we could be friends <laughs> no no seriously like if you actually do the maths it's, you're just better off paying off that debt first and oh, i think I, a lot of us w- want to do that as well so we might think you know i want to save up money to start investing so for example now investing seems to be very trendy everyone keeps talking about very bitcoin trendy and buying all of the- hmm. yeah <laughs> buy bitcoin and buy all these things but hmm. it's like you don't have your house in order like you don't have the foundation that is stable and you want to start building it's not going to work because you're building on a uh, um, ground that is not stable sand so sinking sand exactly there we go yeah so you're better off just getting that foundation right making sure it's secure Mm -hmm. and then you can build from there there's no rush at the end of the day but you Mm -hmm. just want to make sure you build the house properly then build Mm -hmm. it and then it all comes crumbling down because the foundation wasn't good i really love that you made that point actually because actually it was was a conversation i had with some friends recently as well and we were talking about investing and i was just like a word of warning like don't you know play around with all of that stuff if you haven't got you know everything in order if you've got debt pay those off first because your capital's at risk in investing a lot of the conversation around investing these days makes it seem like it's a sure thing like you're definitely gonna make money no you could lose everything you could lose everything so you can't afford to play around with what you can't are afford to money lose from their family members oh. and everything like oh yeah come and join this forex thing like oh my that god money. and you end up forex in... is, is glorified <laughs> oh, gambling yeah another kind of pyramid scheme i swear down you know? just like yeah i saw someone talking about how they'd lost like 60k and he was doing forex yeah and just like very quickly and he's like yeah i lay on the floor crying i said i can understand because that would traumatize me too but the thing is, I think he's one of those people that are trading it seriously, but he was kind of using it as an illustrative example of just how things can go up and down. So I guess the last question I was going to ask, actually, uh, we kind of touched upon it before, but um, just in case there's specific um, kind of resources and like apps or software that you rec- want to recommend for people who want to get better at saving, obviously your own stuff is on Etsy. I've seen it. It's very, very nice. You downplayed it a little when you were saying it's just Excel because it was not just Excel that I saw on Etsy. I was just like, <laughs> wow, the design is really popping. But um, so obviously there's your resources as well, but are there any 
other things um, that you think for someone who kind of wants to gather the discipline, I would say, of mm -hmm. saving consistently towards the goal? Um, what resources can you recommend that are out there? Yeah, no, I'd say there's so many different apps you can use, especially these days. There's loads of new ones that have popped up. So you've got ones like Plum, Chip, Money Box, where they round up your saving or should I say your spending. So let's say you spend one ninety nine, that one P to make it two pounds. They'll put that aside for you in their savings account. And it might not seem like much to begin with, but over the course of a year, all of those extra 30p, one pound hair, it will add mm. up and you can kind of round it up as much as you want. So it could be to the nearest pound five pounds or ten pounds mm. and that's the way that's a good way to save automatically because i think a lot of times when you do auto saving so whether it's something like that using one of those apps or setting it up as a standing order it's more likely to actually happen but when you have to physically say okay i'm going to save 50 pounds mm -hmm. this month and actually have to send that money it's a lot harder to do because you think oh something else comes up that you want to spend that money on or you forget or life happens another expense arises and then that money gets spent but if you automate it as much as you can it will help you save a lot more money that's so true because i had this thing going for about a year it didn't last much longer than that where um if i spent over 10 pounds on anything i had to put five pounds into another kind of pot on Monzo and harsh. I mean it was but it worked for a while you know but then one day I just didn't do it and I never did it again so oh, <laughs> that was that but those challenges definitely help you save a lot of money when you do those money saving challenges so I've got one of those mm. on my blog as well or on my Etsy store should I say so it's 12 different money saving challenges so one different one for mm. each month. So in the month of February, I'm currently doing frugal February. Mm -hmm. And the idea basically is to shop your pantry for the month. So rather than going to buy food all the time, I'm basically using up stuff in the house. So, you know, you've got those tins in the cupboard yes. that have been there gathering dust That's for years. Me. Yeah, so I've been working my way through them this month. So today I had chickpeas in a wrap. These chickpeas have been in the cupboard for God knows how long. But <laughs> I checked the expiry date and it was still in date. And that's what we had for lunch. And I think doing things, just doing challenges like that and basically the money you would have spent on food, save that money each month, doing a yes. different one will really help you save money throughout the that year. That sounds good, so, that sounds yeah, good. Yeah, I like that. So the challenge saves you 1200 in the space of 12 Ooh. months because it's £100 a month mm. that we're trying to save doing the different challenges. Damn, that's I good. Like the gamification that. of savings. I love it. I exactly. Love it. There we go. That's well, a good title. Yeah. We have come <laughs> to the end of this episode. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it so much. Even with all the like little interruptions and stuff, I think it's been a really fantastic episode. And just, I feel like um, it's an episode that will be of great value to people and people yeah. have heard stuff that they haven't heard before because I've heard stuff within this that I haven't heard before. Um, that definitely challenges me in terms of how I approach savings. I don't know if you you guys feel the same as I well. I need to jump on this 10 thing saving thing because my spirit doesn't want to save. So maybe <laughs> I need to do, what do you call it? Gamification. Yeah. It? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> but um, yes, thank you for so much for being um, our guest today, Tolu, and for sharing... Thanks for having me, ladies. Yeah, for sharing our, your tips and advice on how people can save better. Um, as always, ladies or whoever else is listening, please tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend mm -hmm. about the Black Women Working Podcast. Mm -hmm. um, you can keep the conversation going as per usual. Hashtag BWWPodcastUK on Twitter or Instagram. You can email us as mentioned before um i think we'd really love to hear your thoughts on this episode actually so get at us on our instagram posts and on our twitter let us know what kind of steps you're taking towards saving especially in this time of pandemic as well people are really revamping their lifestyle so yeah let us know about that but for now 
it's goodbye until the next time from us goodbye bye bye, bye.